This is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you greetings and felicitations. In this podcast series, I'm going to be visiting with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, historians, and a wide variety of other people on topics that are outside the area of compliance, but are of great interest to myself and to listeners to the Compliance Podcast Network. This episode begins a five-part series where I look at great structures from antiquity to modern times, consider the form, function, and structure of each, and use that as a lens to explore topics in a best practices compliance program. I hope you'll enjoy this special series on greetings and felicitations. In this part two, the pyramid, the Greek column, codes of conduct, and policies and procedures. Part two, structures from ancient Egypt and Greece and written standards. As I continue my great structures week with a focus on great structures from some of the earliest times, I want today to consider great structures from Egypt and Greece. Professor Stephen Ressler said, They're important not just because they're great structures, but because they represent some of the earliest human achievements that can be legitimately called engineering. The Great Pyramid of Giza stands today as a testament to the strength and durability of Egyptian structural engineering skills. From Greece, we derive what Vitruvius called empirical rules for temple design, which define a single dimension module equal to the radius of a column in that temple portico, then specify all other dimensions of a building in terms of that module. These rules are best seen in Greek temples, largely consisting of columns, which are defined as a structural element that carries load primarily in compression, and beams, which are structural elements subject to a transverse loading and carry load in bending. My favorite example of the use of columns is seen in the Parthenon, and the most famous, it is, of course, the most famous of all Greek temples still standing. And if you haven't ever seen it, the Parthenon, I would urge you to put uh, seeing the Parthenon and going to Greece and Athens on your bucket list. In many ways, these two very different structures stand as the basis of all structural engineering and many of the great structures that come throughout the rest of history. From a compliance regime based upon the FCPA, UK Bribery Act, or other anti-corruption statutes, the same is true for a code of conduct and written policies and procedures. They are both the building blocks of everything that comes after. A code of conduct should demonstrate a complete ethical attitude and your organization's or company's system-wide emphasis on compliance and ethics with every law and reg that you're going to have to deal with referenced somehow throughout this, or at least in a very umbrella holistic approach. Your code of conduct must be aimed at all employees and all representatives of your organization and not just those most actively involved in compliance and ethics issues. This means from the board of directors to volunteers and everyone in between, all should read, receive, and understand and agree to abide by the standards of the code of conduct. Obviously, this includes other groups such as management, vendors, suppliers, independent contractors, or other third parties. There are several purposes that should be communicated in your code. Of course, your overriding goal is for all employees to follow what is required of them 
You can do this by communicating what is required and provide a proper process for decision-making and then require that all persons subject to the code of conduct put these standards into everyday business practice. Such actions include, or rather are some of your best evidence that the company upholds and supports proper compliance program. Of course, that's only if you've documented all of these. You must document, document when a regulator, for when a regulator comes knocking. The substance of your code should be tailored to your company's culture, to its industry, and its corporate identity. It should provide a mechanism by which employees are trying to do the right thing in compliance can indeed do. Your code can be the basis for an employee review and evaluation. It certainly can be invoked if there is a violation by an employee. To that end, I suggest that your company's disciplinary procedures be stated in your code of conduct, which would include discipline up to and including discharge. These would include all forms of discipline up up to this discharge, of course, for serious violations of your code of conduct. Further, the code of conduct should emphasize it will comply with all applicable laws and regulations wherever it does business. Your code needs to be written in plain English and translated into all appropriate languages necessary for those within your organization to understand it. Written policies and procedures required for a compliance program are well-known and have long been established. As stated in the FCPA Resource Guide 2nd Edition, which was released in 2020, quote, among the risks that a company needs to address include the nature and extent of transactions with foreign governments, including payments to foreign officials, the use of third parties, gifts, travel, and entertainment expenses, charitable gifts and donations, and facilitating and expediting payments. Policies help form the basis of expectation and conduct conduct in your company, and procedures are the documents that implement these standards of conduct. Another way to think of policies and procedures and controls was stated by Aaron Murphy in his book, Foreign Corrupt Praxis Act, when he said you should think of all three as an interrelated set of compliance mechanism. He went on to say internal controls are policies and procedures, monitoring and training that are designed to ensure company assets are properly used with proper approvals and transactions that are properly recorded in your books and records. While it's theoretically possible to have good controls but bad books and records and vice versa, the two generally go hand in hand. Where there are record-keeping violations, an internal control failure is almost always presumed because the records would have accurately been recorded had the controls been Barring from an article from the Houston Business Journal, I found some interesting insights into the role of policies in a best practices compliance program. The role of policies is to protect the companies, their employees, and consumers, despite an occasional opposite outcome, is what they generally will do. A company's policies provide a basic set of guidelines for employees to follow. They can include general do's and don'ts or more specific safety procedures, work process flows, communication guidelines, or other dress codes or other codes. By establishing what is and isn't acceptable workplace behavior, a company can help mitigate the risks they pose for employees who, if left unchecked, might behave badly or make foolhardy decisions. Policies are not a surefire guarantee that things won't go wrong. They're a first-line defense if things do. The effective implementation and enforcement of policies demonstrate to regulators and the government that the company is operating professionally and proactively for the benefit of its stakeholders, its employees, and the communities it serves. If, a, if it's a company subject to the FCPA, for instance, 
by definition, it's an international company, so that can be a wide community of employees. There are five key elements to a well-constructed policy, which are by to whom the policy applies, establish the objective of the policy, explain why the policy is necessary, outline examples of acceptable and unacceptable behavior under the policy, and warn of consequences if an employee fails to follow the policy. For policies to be effective, there obviously must be communication and training. But training is only one type of communication. I think this is a key element for compliance professionals because if you have a 30,000-plus member workforce worldwide, the logistics alone of such training can appear daunting. Consider gathering small groups of employees where detailed questions about policies can be raised and discussed as a powerful teaching tool. Of course, posting frequently asked questions, i.e. FAQs and common areas is another strategy. The FCPA Resource Guide 2nd Edition ends its section on policies with the following. Regardless of the specific policies and procedures implemented, these standards should apply to personnel at all level. It's important that policies be applied fairly and consistently across the organization. Obviously, the Department of Justice in the 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs has squarely put the stamp of organizational justice and organizational fairness on the shoulders of the compliance officer. So policies and procedures can be a backbone for doing that now that it is squarely within the remit of a best practices compliance program. Moreover, if your policies are applied inconsistency, there is much greater chance that an employee dismissed for breaching a policy could successfully claim he or she was unfairly terminated. And I would add, it will destroy the credibility of your compliance program and your own credibility as a compliance professional if you apply policies inconsistently. So having your policies and procedures in place and your code of conduct are the building blocks under which you will need to create a best practices compliance program. I hope you'll join me tomorrow as I continue with Great Structures Week, where I look at the Roman Arch and resourcing your compliance program. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this second episode in a five-part series where I'm going to take a look at great buildings and structures from antiquity to modernity and consider them in the context of a best practices compliance program. The series is based upon the teaching company lecture series of the same topic. This special series on greetings and felicitations is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.